You're listening to Moms Out Loud. You're tired? Tell me how you're tired. <laughs> what am Maybe I we should fill right? people in. Look at this baby. Do a spit. Do a spit. I feel weird. Let me offer. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, welcome back. I'm Rachel. I'm Alexa. And this is Moms Out Loud, as you just heard. What's been up with you, Rachel? So this past weekend, I just, it's kind of random, but this brand that I really like, it's like a small batch, like sustainably made linen dress maker. And they put out a sneak peek of their spring line, like one of their new dresses. And I saw the dress and I was like, wow, that's very much my style. It's so cute and very simple. But I know it's going to be like $200 because it's a small shop, it's sustainably and ethically made, and it's linen, and linen is very expensive to buy. And I was like, you know what, I can make that. (laughs) So I started Googling like, how easy is it to make your own clothes? And I do have a background in sewing. I took private sewing lessons in middle school, and then I took sewing again in high school when I went to public school. And I own a sewing machine. I own a serger. Like I have stuff to sew. I just don't do it because sewing's actually Mm. kind of expensive, to be honest. It's not usually that much cheaper to make your own stuff than it is to buy. But I went down a long rabbit hole. I found this YouTuber who makes all her own clothes. Like she sews them or she knits like her sweaters, which is so cool. I wish I was her. And (laughs) she had this pattern that she made for a dress that looked very similar to that one. And so I told Luke, like, I'm making my own clothes (laughs) now. I was like, oh, now I'm making my own clothes. And he's probably like, oh, great, another thing for you to do. Um, (laughs) But I was like, I'm going to get this dress pattern and I'm just going to try. Like, I haven't made anything from scratch since high school. So that's like seven years. That's a while. Yeah. But I just like got like the itch to do it. I was like, why not? Like, just try. Because if it looks kind of bad, it's like I made it. So who cares? Right. It's not like I'm selling it. So I ended up Mm -hmm. going to Joanne's and I got a linen lookalike because linen is like $21 a yard, which is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And I needed like almost three yards. So I got a linen lookalike. So it's like a blend that looks like linen if you're not familiar with fabric info it was kind of expensive it was 30 percent off but it ended up being nine dollars a yard which is like yes that's still expensive but everything i got to make the dress is still like half as expensive if not less like a fourth of if i would buy the dress already made from someone else so that's what i did this weekend i'm not finished with it because i have children but i have made like the front bodice piece and the two backside pieces like the panels and I've done the pleating and stuff like this. It looks so good already and I'm really excited because I know it's not going to be like, I can't, I wouldn't sell it. You know, it's not going to be perfect, but it's going to be made by me. It's going to be made for my body, which is really awesome. And the material, I'm glad I splurged a little bit on the fabric because it's so nice. And I, it's just black because I like black and then it'll match stuff. But it just feels really nice to like do something again that I used to do and like was good at and kind of like pick it back up and be like, oh, I don't suck just because I haven't done it in like seven years. I feel like once I'm finished, people can be like, oh, that's cute. Where'd you get it? And I'll be like, I made it. Yeah. So 
I'm pretty excited. That's really cool. Yeah. That's actually really, really cool. Thank I didn't know you. what you were going to say. And yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. One extra thing I want to mention is because I'm making my own dress and it's not something that's nursing friendly, but I do nurse, probably will continue to nurse as I continue to have children. So I'm going to sew invisible zippers in the side seams so that of the bodice oh. so that it's nursing friendly. So I'm pretty jazzed. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. If you don't, if people don't sew or have never tried, you're probably like, that's weird. Just buy your clothes. But this (laughs) gives me like a nice feeling of accomplishment working with my hands. And then I'll have something to show for it, which is so fun. And I get to use my serger. I never get to use my serger. It's really hard to thread. So I had to relearn how to do that. So that was pretty terrible. But now I want to serge everything I own because it's so fun. So anyways. Yeah. A serger is a finishing machine, if people don't know what that means. A serger is like, if you look at the inside of jeans, like on the side seam, there's like loopy sewing that like Mm -hmm. keeps it from fraying. Yeah. It's awesome. I've always wanted a serger. All this stuff would have been so much easier. Like all my products or projects that I made a couple years, for a couple years would have been better if I had one. <laughs> well, I never would have bought a serger because they're what, like 200 bucks or something crazy? Yeah. But my stepmom was like super into sewing when I was younger. She used to make us homemade Christmas pajamas every year. And and she made like our drapes and stuff like that, you know, like stuff like you make, Alexa, like, you know, house yeah. stuff. And then she just like didn't really like doing it that much because it just like wasn't her thing. It hurt her hands and stuff because she has fibromyalgia. So she was like, yeah. hey, I don't want this anymore. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, I want that. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I've never used it. This is the first time I've used it like as an adult since I've owned it. I've never used it. And Luke would always pull out my sewing box. And Luke actually bought me my sewing machine when we first got married. But he'd pull out my sewing box and he'd be like, you never use this stuff. Like, you sure you want this? And I was like, I don't know why, but I can't get rid of it. Like, it's a serger. It's a very nice machine. Yeah. It's expensive. <laughs> and when I do use it, it's worth having. So it's just like, I could never let go of it. And now I'm yeah. like, yay, I'm glad I didn't because now I can sew our whole family's garb. We can be totally self-sufficient. So yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that, but I could. <laughs> <laughs> so That'd be cool, though. Yeah. So that's what's new. That's what's new with me. Anything new with you? Yeah. No, I haven't been doing cool things. And I already told you, <laughs> like right before we got on, I was like, Rachel, I put my kids to sleep at seven and then they actually, they didn't fall asleep until 11. <laughs> That's what's been up with me. <laughs> my kids do not sleep. I don't know. Yeah. But at least I just think it's kind of nice since they share a room that they get to like talk and stuff. I'm trying to figure out like an argue. Well, yes, that too. But that's what builds a good bond. I mean, in my opinion, like when you're kids, if you don't fight when you're kids, you're not going to be friends when you're older. I know that's so weird, but I have this theory. That's just my theory. We'll see. No, I know. And I know my parents went through the same thing with us. Uh, me and my brothers growing up and yeah and Angela just sits there like in her bed just like staring at all the commotion <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness it's sweet so little funny. Angela she's like these boys yeah. are weird well then Lael went in there once and yelled at him and then I walk past the room like five minutes later 
and Angela has tears Aww. on her face. And I'm like, Angela, what's wrong? Like, did the boys, you know, bother you? Like, what's going on? And she's like, Dad was angry with us. Aww. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's so sweet. Like, she's just so sweet. She's like, like okay. guys, will you please play yeah. it cool? I can't handle my dad being disappointed in me. I know. Aww. Such a girl. Like, oh, I feel like that's God. such a girl thing because that's how I was when I was a kid, too. My parents would yeah. just have to be like, I'm disappointed in you. And I'd be like, take it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I'm trying to figure out when oh, I can start to room my boys together because we still bed share right now. But so like, obviously, I can't just like throw a forest in there and be like, fend for yourself. But right. I just feel like maybe even like putting the crib in the room with Roland, like maybe they'd both sleep better if someone was in there. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe in the over the next like year, I'll give it a go. But Forrest has yeah. slept in his crib a total of zero times. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think I started putting kids in their own room around three or four. Oh, that's old. And okay, that's old. Yeah, Roland's not even three. And then they would they would join the room at three or four. Gotcha. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, see, my issue yeah. with that is is I can only have one kid in my bed at a time. Like if Roland gets up in the middle of the night and wants to come in, I don't care. But like to start sleeping, yeah. I like space. So like one kid attached to me at a time, and that's just like a personal sleep preference. I'm not like anti bed sharing and i'm also not like anti i'm not like forced like go to in your own bed but <sighs> it freaks yeah. me out for like forrest to still be sleeping on my body if i get pregnant again and then i'm gonna be like dude i can't sleep on my back oh well my you know? kids so we had a really big room in vegas um and even in richlands our master bedroom was i mean big for us and so we would have their beds on the floor until we felt like, okay, they sleep all night long without interruptions. They can go to their own bed, yeah. like bedroom yeah, without like having to come into our room all the time or like waking us up. Yeah. So, so it wasn't like they were sleeping with me. Okay. That... They were just in the same room okay. until I felt like, okay, cool. I don't have to walk down the hall. No. <laughs> yes. No, that makes sense. That makes a lot more sense because I'm just thinking yeah. like, all my children sleeping on top of me and I have a king but no. like I don't have like a giant that, yeah still giant. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Uh. yeah but anyways should we hop into today's topic yeah cool yeah let's <clears throat> all right so today's topic is tantrums and more specifically it's how to deal with them how to handle them how to keep calm during them so basically a general tantrum overview i suppose yeah i mean our kids all have them you know i think i think before becoming a parent i always thought that like oh well my kid will never behave like that you know <laughs> but when you become a parent you realize that that's not your reality you know having perfect kids is not they're kids, you know, and sometimes they have feelings that are bigger than themselves and they come out in a tantrum. You know? Yeah. I saw this thing the other day where someone was saying like, like what makes the world go around is like kids throwing a tantrum in a restaurant and then other people who don't have kids judging them 
and like yeah. judging the parents <laughs> yeah. and then like then those people will become parents and it'll happen yeah. to them and the world goes round and round. And I thought that yeah. was so funny and relatable because I came from a big family, but like I still didn't have a lot of like patience or empathy, I suppose, for other people's children. I actually still don't have a lot of patience for other people's children, to be honest. I have patience yeah. for my own children. Praise the Lord for that. It's just, yeah, I think before you're a parent, you just are so sweetly naive, to put it nicely, because you just are like, I'll, number one, you think, I would never let my kid act like that. I think there's this like mentality um, that you people allow their children to behave in certain ways and some things yes like if a kid is in a restaurant and he's punching his mom in the face or something i don't care if your kids too oh man <laughs> don't punch your mom in the face right so <laughs> yeah. there's some things where it's like yes you can physically grab your child's hand and be like no i'm not gonna let you punch me in the face but if they're experiencing a tantrum because they're you know working through something like an emotion that's a whole different ball game and it's not like a a let thing I mean, I guess it kind yeah. of is like if you're allowing them the space to process their emotion versus like being like, you are a robot, act like it right now kind of thing. Well, I think like before you come a parent, become a parent, you live in this world where like this rationale where like it's like cause and effect. So like me and you can have a conversation without yelling at each other and we know how to control ourselves and we know what we're thinking and like we know how to reason and we live in this this world that makes sense, you know? And then when you have kids, your kids are little people that literally do not understand their feelings sometimes. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, and, and or how to control themselves at all times. So these little people are learning how to reason and how to have thoughts. And you can't control that. And so you don't even understand it until you're like, okay, he just doesn't get it. And as a parent, we understand it now because we understand these pe little people or we don't, I mean, not fully, but you know, we're like getting to know them and we are their parents. We know them. We, we love them. And the outside people are still not in that yet. So they don't understand how to deal or I hope all that made sense. No, it does. And it actually it reminded me of something recently. One, a close friend of mine from North Carolina, her and her husband just had their first baby. They've been trying for years and years, but she had um, polycystic ovary syndrome. So she had a hard time um, getting pregnant. So they're having their yeah. first baby. And I lose. <laughs> this is so mean. Okay. But I feel like you'll get me. Okay. So okay. they had their first baby and Luke and I, we were like so excited when they sent us a picture like announcing and then we started like laughing at each other, like laughing with each other. I mean, at them because we were like, they're so screwed and they don't even know it. <laughs> you know oh. what I mean? <laughs> so, oh, man. and it's like, I feel like people thought that when I started having kids with Lyle. <laughs> Well, I it's like I feel two big personalities in one little child. Yes, and it's so you're screwed. What's it, and it's like I think even if I feel like my friends are like super well prepared, I'll feel that way. But I think it's just because these friends in particular, they're very like business oriented. They're so like smart and business savvy, and they have multiple businesses, but they yeah. never sit down ever. 
And so we're yeah. we're just like laughing because we're like, hope you enjoyed that because yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to talk yeah. like that. I don't want to talk like that. But it was just funny no, because it's you. just one of those things where it's like once someone is in the thick of it, um, at least you get to be there for them. But I still can a little bit enjoy it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but. I, I see I know what you're saying that's all I was saying that reminded me of that that's all um I think a lot of the time people have this misconception that children are to be seen and not heard kind of thing um yeah. and what I mean by that more specifically is they think like they have these expectations of children to be able to understand and handle their emotions at the level that a, an adult can when most of the time adults can't even do that. Yeah. And so I feel like it's really unrealistic to expect a tiny person who hasn't even been taught because that's our job to teach them and help them through their emotions, figuring out what they are, figuring out how to process them, figuring out how to properly express them over time. It's a learned behavior. But then people, I still see adults punch the wall. I still see adults storm out of rooms. I see adults, you know, yell and explode. Not like often, but I've seen it, you know? And then we expect a tiny child who hasn't even had 30 years or whatever to practice like these adults have to handle it better. And I think that's just once you like once your brain realizes like hmm this person is like Roland two and a half he's two and a half he's had two and a half years of having emotions number one and learning what they are and they feel big and new and scary sometimes and it's my job to help him with that not it's my job to beat it out of him (laughs) because if you do that then they're scared to even have emotions at all. And then they tuck them deep down in a dark, scary pocket. And that's why adults punch the wall. So it's just, I just wanted to just talk about the fact that we're talking about this coming from the perspective that emotions are okay and normal and that we allow our children the space to feel and have them. So I just kind of wanted to... yeah say that before we like dug into a little bit more of like how we handle things I don't know why this came to mind but when you were saying you know like seen and not heard there's three reasons if you're out in public and you see a well-behaved child or children sitting at a table there's three reasons why that's happening there's one of three reasons why that's happening. The first one is the parents are super disciplinarian and they're very controlling with their children and the children are not expected to speak, which is not really like my parenting style. Number two would be if they're all Angela's where they're like all really well-behaved children, (laughs) like in the sense that they want to please you and not every child is going to be like that but some children are usually one out of the bunch yeah one child is going to be you know what I want to please you I want to do whatever mommy and daddy says that's not common but I have one or it's a really good day which is probably what it is because I have so many people come up to me and they're like your kids are just so well behaved and I start laughing 
and I'm like, knock on wood, or I'll just be like, you know what? We're having a good day. <laughs> we'll see if this continues, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's one of those three things. So I never like toot my own horn whenever someone comes up to me and say, oh, wow, your kids, all three of them together. I've never seen kids behave like this. I'm like, well, you should have seen us yesterday. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, like things are pretty circumstantial, but I think I've talked about this or referenced this story before that like we, Luke and I and Roland, this is when I was pregnant with Forrest, were over at a friend's house having dinner and they have like a lot of kids. I'm not going to go too much into specifics <laughs> that way that yeah. it doesn't sound like I'm talking about anybody specific, but they are very strict. We don't force Roland to sit at the table for our whole meal. We only expect him to sit for as long as how old he is, just because that's what we've learned from like a child nutritionist. So basically, like we've never really been like the sit at the table, finish your meal kind of parents. Obviously, like if we're at someone's house and they like expect that, we will abide by the rules while we're there. But he was just like being kind of antsy and stuff. And we were trying to have like a conversation with them. So we let him get down. And they have a son who's like six months to nine months older than Roland. Maybe maybe even a year, okay? But not terribly older. But he tried to get up or whatever too. And the look his dad gave him made me want to leave the room because it was so scary. Oh, no. <laughs> and he just, like, sat back down, like, instantly. And I remember, like, before I had kids, I would have been like, wow, that's cool. He listens so well, right? Yeah. But now that I have kids, I know what it takes to get your kid to be scared of, like, a look. And yeah. all it did was hurt my stomach because it made me be like, man, like, I don't want to be like that with my kids. I don't want this like instant obedience because they're terrified of me. I want to have yes. a relationship of full of connection and a mutual respect with my children. And so, yes. yeah, I just, yeah, it's I, just your perspective changes a lot once you, when you're a parent, <laughs> when you're a parent. Yeah. Before, before um, Eric was born or maybe it was when he was little, we were handed a book. Um, it was an Amish book. A lot of a lot of the principles were really good and we've carried them along with us but the instant obedience to orders was something that we disagreed with like from the get-go are you talking about boundaries training up a child by the pearls yes okay yep yep um and while we agreed with consistency and boundaries and all that um one of the one part of the book said if i tell them to jump out of the buggy they need to jump out of the buggy without asking questions. And I'm like, whoa, wait, whoa, wait. So if I tell my kids to jump out of the car, like a moving vehicle, um, they should just do it without questioning me? Absolutely not. I would expect my children to know what's happening <laughs> and why they are jumping out of a moving vehicle. And, um, you know, something that might hurt them they need to be able to reason. And they were talking about older kids too. So it wasn't just like a little child. Oh, you need to listen to me right now. I think that the that, that argument is because you, if like, let's say you're walking down the street and your kid walks into the street or something, you want to be able to say something and they hop back up onto the sidewalk, which I get. But sure. it doesn't come by that form of 
like parenting alone because I've experienced, yes. like at least for me, I'm not generally a yeller. I'm not that I've never yeah. yelled, but I'm not generally a yeller. That's not what comes supernatural, supernaturally to me. So there has been an occasion or two when I need Roland to jump when I say jump, so to speak. Yeah. And I say yeah. it and he he does it immediately because not only can he tell because of the voice I'm using, but when a mom is so like intense and I feel like they can sense like the fear in your voice too, that they yeah. jump when you say jump. So it's like you, yes. like the not, the only, the not, okay. It is not impossible to get your kids to listen in a dangerous situation by only beating them into submission. <laughs> So yes. I just yes. think that's a There's little a, outdated of an opinion. Yeah. There's a balance and Lael and I have agreed like spankings are not something that we're going to do past puberty. Like we know people that have done that. And at that point, your children, you should be able to discipline them a different way at that point. I mean, they're pretty much adults. Yeah. Um, like most societies, when you hit puberty, you're an adult. That is so American weird. society is different. No, I'm saying it's weird yeah. that you, I think we've talked about this in the past, but honestly, like by yeah. the time your kid is like of understanding age where you can like sit and have a conversation and they can respond to you with understanding well, at that point, it should be like only like groundings and timeouts and that kind of stuff. At least, I mean, I don't know. It, var- yeah. it varies by situation. It varies by family and what you guys do. But it's just like, if yeah. you're spanking a 13-year-old, you're insane. Well, if your child resents you and doesn't have open conversation with you still, and you're still spanking him, that's probably why. <laughs> so. Right? Yeah, I agree. So anyway, but I wanted to mention that you and Luke – we loved having the kids over at your house even before you had children because we felt like you guys both were just understanding. And I don't know if we left and you talked about us, but we felt like we could do what we needed to do and our kids could be somewhat insane and you guys weren't looking at us judgy. I don't know. Maybe that's just how you guys came across. But. So, well, it's so funny that you say that and I don't know if I should admit this or not, but. Oh, great. I know. Oh, dang. I know. I know. There's one, there was one small thing that happened. Okay. And it's so dumb now because now my kids have done it and I, and we don't care because your kid, oh, kid did I it first. You, I think you've said this. I think you've said this. Was this about the clothes? No, no, no. No, that doesn't that oh, doesn't okay, matter okay. at all. Boohoo, they unfolded some clothes. Okay. I was I didn't okay, have a kid. Okay, okay. No, this was we were eating dinner and Tyler was still a baby. He was like a toddler, baby toddler. Yeah. And he was hitting the table with a fork. Okay. And oh, it was only a couple of times and you stopped him, okay? So it didn't matter, okay. right? But I okay. I remember <laughs> Luke flinching so bad because we just oh, bought really? that table like as when oh. we got married. And now the table is destroyed. Okay, let's be honest. The table is totally oh, so destroyed, funny. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I remember Luke like flinching and afterwards like cuz I was pregnant and it was like our kids are going to destroy this table. So like it doesn't matter. 
And he's like, oh, yeah. he's like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? We both, yeah. he, we were trying to be like very good and like not caring. And I was like, and we, yeah. and afterwards he's like, you're right. It's just a table. It doesn't matter. But I think until you like, maybe it's just because I am so used to younger kids. Cause I had younger, younger siblings. He was like a yeah. middle child where he just like hung out in the woods by himself. So sure sure but and I don't even remember that happening but I could see myself like like in my heart going because I grew up like um my stepmom she has really nice things and when my kids go over it's like I'm constantly like scared just helicoptering them like don't touch her table don't touch her couch don't do that don't do that and we don't and so I'm sure like that with you you know (laughs) and I know and you stopped him like it's not like he did it you were talking and you ignored him do you know what I mean yeah it was like wham 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 and then you were like no don't do that (laughs) you know what I mean and now as a mom I know you must have been like feeling so awful because I would feel so awful you know what I mean yeah if you I know you don't remember so but it's just like I hope it didn't leave a huge dent oh my god it didn't leave a dent it's just fork marks and now there's fork marks from my own kids okay and the thing is is the table is not real wood it's on the top it's like veneer or whatever so I hate it anyways anyways if it was real wood it wouldn't have done that but I didn't know it wasn't real wood when we bought it Anyways, uh, oh, it's just one of those. Oh, sorry. No, don't sorry, be Luke. sorry, don't be sorry. <laughs> I'm only mentioning it because if you don't have kids and you have people who come over with kids, number one, either don't have people over with kids if you care about your stuff so much that it's going to ruin a friendship. And number two, and yeah. if you do have like friends over with kids, like you can set boundaries and stuff like that. And you shouldn't like obviously don't just like let your kid do something insane. But if you want to yeah. be friends with people who have kids, and a lot of people have kids, so you probably will want to do that, you need to be so understanding. And so I just think it's like actually like kind of humbling to have people over with kids before you have kids because then it's like, I don't know. I just think if people judge yeah. people for that kind of stuff, it's like, don't then don't be friends with yeah. them. Then just don't be friends with them. But then once you have kids and you have no friends because you weren't friends with people who had friend who had kids, then have a fun life of being alone. So uh, yeah, and that's the, what I feel oh, like. Sorry. Your what you just told me was it was less of a judgment and more of like ah oh, the table. It was the and table. So, yeah, we yeah, have it was to. About the stupid and we have to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can't have nice things. <laughs> no, and I can't, and I can't either, and I knew that. I remember I had this big ceramic white, like, flowery plate thing that I got for my wedding. I loved it. I love big statement plates, like coffee table plates yeah. and stuff like that, and I got one for my wedding. It was from Crate and Barrel. I loved it so much, and I don't have a lot of fancy stuff, but that was something I really loved, and Roland, I had it on a runner, and Roland pulled the runner off the table, broke my plate, broke my salt and pepper, my salt and pepper shakers. Yeah. And I cried. And then after that, I was like, okay, you cried about a plate and that's so dumb. So now either you can <laughs> yeah. have nice stuff and then be fine when it breaks because your children like matter more than stuff, or you can just not buy nice stuff anymore. So that's what I do a balance yeah. of both. If I buy something nice, I don't love it because my stuff's not coming with me when I yes. die. And if otherwise, I just buy stuff that doesn't matter as much. So, yeah, it definitely wasn't a judgment thing. But I only wanted to mention it because of the fact that we didn't have kids yet. But we weren't like, we don't want to yes. hang out with Alexa and Lael because of this one thing happened that made us a little bit 
bothered. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, it's, yeah. and we're still friends with you guys now. So, and we weren't like, here's yeah. an invoice for a tabletop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, no. <laughs> so that's the only reason I wanted to mention that because not to make you feel bad. I hope I didn't make you feel bad, but just no. because of just the circumstance and how things can be handled and all that stuff. And yeah. yeah. Well, and you learn, you learn like what, like you were saying about like buying used stuff and new stuff. Like you learn pretty quickly what kind of parent you're going to be. Like what's most important is like a designer house or your kids, you know, being kind to your kids. Yeah. You know, and I recently, because everyone's going to do that. Yes. Yeah. I, le- I recently learned to a- listen to a podcast by someone who is like a design blogger. And she was saying, like, she loves white. And she has, like, white rugs, white shag rugs, like, all through her house and, like, white couch and stuff. And people are always like, wow, like, how does your couch look so clean? You have two kids. And she's like, number one, if you saw in person, it's not clean. It's disgusting. Okay? But I like it. Like, I wanted a white couch, but my kids live here. So because I chose to have a white couch, the second I bought it, I acknowledged this will not look like this past day one and that doesn't matter to me I still want to have a white couch but I also chose to have kids here so she says she just got really good at removing stains and everything else she just doesn't care about because it's not like you can't ever have a snack anywhere but the table or I'll freak out because everything's white it's just like yeah I'm getting good at getting stains out and I thought that was really cool because I would never buy well okay I would never again buy a white rug okay but <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Ugh, dumb. But you live and you learn. But uh, not worth not worth this. Yes, but um, I just think that's just something you learn once you have kids. Like you said, whether either you want to have China doll kids where you can put them on the shelf to sit there, and then when you want them, then you can allow them on the furniture and stuff like that. And it's just like that. Just like why? That's so sad. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. that's kind of a tangent, you. but. Yes. So, um, did we go over like why our kids are having tantrums well enough or? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what we do in public when our kid is having a tantrum, kid or kids. So yeah, I only have one kid who's had tantrums in public thus far, thank goodness. But the second one yeah. will soon be following in his footsteps, I'm sure. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is hard and it very much is circumstantial. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Oh, man. I know. Um, because how I handle <clears throat> tantrums yeah. at home is a little bit different than how I handle them. Like, not entirely, the, yes. but kind of. Um, I would say when I first had Roland and I was a new parent. I was terrified of any time he would show emotion in public. I was just mortified that people were seeing him act like that and that people were seeing me have to handle it. And I was scared that people were judging me. And I it made me just like never want to go anywhere. And yeah. then over time, like even when I tried to like, you know, like leave immediately and always be like apologetic to people and blah, blah, blah. Um, eventually it still happened. We had a really bad tantrum at a, in a time when I couldn't just leave the situation and I cried in public. I think I shared this before in the podcast about my Chick-fil-A meltdown. Yes. And, um, basically that was so humbling, but also made me not care. (laughs) 
Like, yeah. I, I said, like, basically, once you can cry in a Chick-fil-A and not care, and I mean sob, okay, then your kid can have a tantrum at the president's in front of the president, and you'll be like, yep, he's a kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it's not to, like, make yeah. excuses for your kids, but, like, the people who are judging you at the supermarket, they're not coming home with you. They're not raising your children with like love and compassion there are nobody you might never see them again so don't base how you respond to things in public off of other people base it off of the connection you like to have with your child and how you like to make them feel like during a tantrum because they're coming home with you and they're going to remember how you handled things yeah so uh, i don't know i honestly roland hasn't had a tantrum in public um, much recently because we don't really go in public that much right now we just yeah go to the grocery store and then home or to the park um yeah but I will say now that he's getting of like a little bit older he's so much better because he understands yeah. what I say and my like communication with him versus just like immediate like in like a uh, impulse tantrum um yeah. But I guess, I don't know. Should I just talk about how I handle tantrums in general? Because I feel like that's how it would be handled in public at this point or what? Yeah, I mean, it's all like, I don't know. I, well, what I wanted to say about this with like public tantrums is most of the public tantrums, I mean, when they're kids when or, or when they're babies, it's different. Um, you can't really communicate with them. You kind of have to, like, figure out, okay, do I have to leave? Like, what's going on? But the minute they can speak, um, most of the tantrums that my kids had in public were from, like, exhaustion, um, like, mental exhaustion. And and we learned together that there's certain things that I can do back-to-back errands, um, or I can go without food for two hours. But for my kids, this is different. Like they have to, they have to see the end in sight. And so, um, yeah, like what helped us not have tantrums in public was, okay, we're going to do this one errand and then we're going to go to the park and kind of like that incentive. And then once we would get to the grocery store, I would get them a snack. Like they're not just looking at food and then like waiting for food. Hey, here's food right away. And then please, mommy just needs an hour. And, you know, you kind of figure out these different things to, like, make sure the tantrums don't even happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that's good that Um, you brought that up because I think since Roland's still a little young and we aren't doing terribly long errands at this point, like, honestly, right now, like, if I need to do something that's going to take a while, I wait till Luke can be home. But that is not always an option. And I understand that. So I think that was a a really good point is just like having open communication of like, this is how long this is going to take. This is why I'm doing what I have to do or whatever. And it's not just like dragging them from place to place. Also, if your kids didn't nap that day, if they still nap, if they haven't eaten lunch, if they're overtired, you know, if they're overstimulated because they, let's say they went to school and then you took them to the park and now you're trying to run errands. They're tired. They're hungry. They're overstimulated. They've done too much you're insane if you're going to take them to a bunch of stores now because if they have a tantrum yeah you have to figure out the the why and it's not like it's your kids aren't having tantrums to punish you (laughs) 
Um, yeah, you have to figure out exactly. the why of the tantrum. Like, what's this? What's stemming? What is this stemming from? So I thought that was a really well, good thing to bring okay. up. Well, okay. And sometimes the tantrums are to punish you, dependent on the age of the child. Because I have had my oldest do a tantrum thinking that he's going to get what he wants with the tantrum. Oh. And we have done that within the Walmarts, like in the checkout, where he wanted a toy at checkout. And I'm like, nope, we're going to get my stuff. And we're at checkout, so I'm not going to, like, walk out of the of store. Course, yeah. I need to buy my stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, once the tantrum happens, you're kind of doing this, like, okay, why is the tantrum happening? Okay, damage control. And with a tantrum that's, like, out to get you, like, oh, well, I'm just going to embarrass you until you say yes, um, you say no. Yeah. <laughs> like, be consistent with and that. And hold down the boundary. And yeah. the the people can look at you if, if, if they want to, okay? And just repeat and be like, you know what? You're not going to get that because that's not, you know, you're not going to get that gift today. But just be consistent. No, you're not going to get that. Um, we need to get our groceries. We're going to leave. And I'll still let you go to the park. Um, but you need to stop crying. And you know what? He cried for a good 20 minutes and everyone stared at me. And it was totally fine um, because I was going to buy my groceries. I was like right there. So, um, and then when we got in the car, it was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, you need to calm down or we're not going to do the thing that I told you that we were going to do. Um, and then you chilled out, but yeah, it's just all situational and, um, you kind of have to assess, okay, do, does he need a hug? Does he need, you know, do I need to leave or is he just doing this? And then I'm going to like stick it out. And then guess what? We haven't had that issue since again because he knows I'm gonna say no and stick to it even though he tried to embarrass me yeah (laughs) yeah I guess I I guess for me I'm just speaking as with younger children like Roland doesn't necessarily even understand the idea of manipulation just yet so or at least it doesn't seem that he does thank goodness I know he will (laughs) at some point I'm over here like (laughs) well Well, they're really, and I wouldn't say it's manipulation per se. I'm just, they're really good at getting what they want. Well, isn't um, that manipulation? You know, it's like cause and effect. So it's like if he wants something and then he's like, okay, well, maybe if I cry, I'll get this. It's testing like boundaries. Know, it's even testing, at an early. It's testing boundaries, yeah. yes. But that's why you have to hold yeah. on to the boundary. But I, luckily, well, this yeah. sound, this is going to sound mean, but I don't buy my kids stuff ever. Like I, I, yeah. and I did it on purpose because when I was a kid, I got something every time I went to a store. So it became expected. Yeah. So I think like literally twice ever have I bought something at a store where Roland knew it. Like he would know it. Cause once I got home, I'd be like, Oh, I got this, but it wasn't like, okay, you were good. Now yes. you get a candy <laughs> because that means what if I don't want to get him a candy someday? Yes. He's going to freak out. So that's just, I know that's not really agreed because Lael is such a sucker when we're at the store and they're like, dad, can we have a lollipop? Dad, can we have this? And Lael's like, yeah, sure. You know? And I'm like, stop, just stop. Like then it turns into. Well, we're at a store. So when I'm at the store at them. Yes. Yes. We'll see. So I have an example of that with me because to cut Roland hates getting his nails cut and bribery doesn't work. Honestly, like in the in the long term game, bribery with your children doesn't work. So, if you can exactly. be smart, like don't even start it. But I wasn't smart, and I started it where every time I'd cut his nails, he'd get a lollipop after. So I bought like a bulk oh. bag of like some weirdo organic fake, you know, nonsense healthy lollipops, 
dye free, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I have a jar in the pantry. And so every time I cut his nails, I'm like, I'm going to cut your nails and then you get a lollipop. And it worked for a solid like two years. And now it doesn't work. And he'll be like, yeah, for a lollipop. And then I'll get two nails cut and then I'll be like, where's my lollipop? And I'm like, nope, it has to be all 10 nails. And then he freaks out and then his nails are all crazy. And so bribery (laughs) just doesn't work. I just wanted to mention that, like, I mean, that's just a very specific thing for nail cutting, but I wish I never would have started that. I wish I would have just like figured out a different way to get him to like comply, so to speak, so that it wasn't like a, okay, well now I'll give you a car if you let me cut your nails, you know, do you want a new car? (laughs) So, uh, yeah. yeah, but I think... Yeah, I think the tantrum stuff will vary per age, and I think that's nice because you have older kids, so you can give a better perspective on, like, the long game of things, but we, I don't know. And I have, like, I just want to say, too, like, with the older kids, I have looked at them and been like, listen, I just need to get this done. Please let me get this done. Yeah. And they have enough respect for me, and I have given them enough respect in public Um, Because I know a lot of parents are willing to, you know, yell at their kids in public or, you know, discipline them in public. And I have never done that. And so, um, like, I wait until we're in private. And, and, you know, people kind of, like, I've had a couple friends ask me, like, well, why do you do that? And I'm like, because I respect them. I'm going to respect them. And so that eventually it's going to catch up to me and they're going to respect me. And, you know, that's a long game. And we have now come to this, the place where I'm like, please, just please don't start this with me right now. And they look at me and go, okay. Yeah. You know? No, I do. And it feels so good as a parent to be there where it's like, it's not perfect. It's not every single time, but you need to think long game when you're a parent and not just react and short term. And I, I love that because I even noticed like with Roland, like just we're very big communicators here. And there's even been a time where, like, I put Forrest in the car seat to go somewhere. Forrest is crying. He doesn't like his car seat, okay? Now Roland's running around the car. I'm getting very frustrated. And if I get too frustrated, it'd be really easy for me to yell and be like, get in your car seat. Forrest is crying. I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm trying so hard to not do that. And then I'm like, you know what? Roland has ears. He can understand me if I am willing to communicate with him. So I've literally said to him before, Roland... I'm trying so hard right now, but I'm getting angry. I'm really trying to be good and to not raise my voice. So will you please get in your car seat so that mommy doesn't yell because I'm trying so hard here to be patient with you. And then he gets in his car seat and it's, he's only two and a half, but they have ears. Like they can listen, especially if they're used to you talking through things with them. And it's like, that wasn't me like showing weakness to him. That was me being honest and open with what I was feeling in that moment, the the emotions I was struggling with and then he respected me enough to get into his car seat and that's why I love that idea of the long game of mutual respect in the past I had to force him in his car seat plenty okay so it's a long game (laughs) for sure but (laughs) at this point it feels so rewarding that you know my efforts did something (laughs) so so to speak so I think that's really nice and it's not like you win that way every time But as they get older and older, you'll continue to see more wins in that way where you guys can talk about things. And that me being able to express that through communication with him shows him that, hey, like we're allowed to do that in this family so that he can also do that with me when he's having hard feelings. So I love that. 
Do you want to go through a little bit like what you do during a tantrum, like at home now, or do you want me to do that? Yeah. Yeah, to which one? Um, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Let me go. Let me go, because I, I don't know. I, I'm. Well, yeah, we can. You can. You can go first. That's fine. Why? You can go. I don't know. It's a lot. I'm like, well. I'll just fill in the gaps. Okay. You can just, you can go. I'll just give like a small example. Like let's say Roland is playing with toys and then like he likes building stuff. But when he's building stuff and then it breaks like magnetiles, he a lot of the times gets mad and then he like smashes them and throws them all over. And it's like really an angry response. And yeah. it can sometimes lead to like a very like escalate escalated situation. And especially if I were to overreact where I'm like, stop throwing the toys, don't throw your toys, whatever. And I meet his level, that makes him feel like, whoa, I'm trying to express an emotion to me and my mom can't even handle it. Like she can't handle it. Now she's yeah. like, and then he feels scared in my presence because of my overreaction. So instead, (laughs) what Luke and I try to do, and we do things very similarly, um, but also slightly differently, but um, basically we always try to get down on his level, number one, and not like tower down at him. We like to meet him at his own like eye level or even like a little, let him like stand over us a little, just like in a, putting ourselves in a position of almost like, I don't want to say vulnerability, but just where he's like, hey, like we're right here with you. And he's not the type of kid where you should, like, scoop him up. Some kids would like that. He does not like that. He likes to, like, be mad when he wants to be mad. And so we'll just usually be like, hey, like, we see that you seem mad right now. Or you seem kind of frustrated. Is that why you're stomping your feet or something along those lines? And then we will sit there on the floor and we'll say, it's okay to feel mad, but you're not allowed to, you know throw your toys because they'll break you're not allowed to or like depending on what he's doing it's circumstantial but like let's say he's mad so he's trying to hit it looks like you're mad it's okay to be mad but we're not gonna let you hit us you if you're feeling mad and you feel like you need to hit you can hit a pillow or you can stomp your feet (laughs) and I know that's really weird that's just what we do though because we want him to be able to express his emotions to us but we want to also learn to kind of redirect that in a way that's more acceptable in our household. And obviously when he's like 15, we're not gonna be like, you should stomp on the floor because that will continue to change as he grows like what we're recommending for him. But at this point, he just physically is trying to get out his emotions. So we'll say something like that. And then um, I usually like open my arms to him so that he knows, or like my palms up will be up at him. Or, you know what I mean? Like basically showing him that yeah. when he wants to, I'm there and I will say, I'm right here if you need me. And I just sit there and I let him do his thing. And then usually he'll calm down and then I'll come get my arms and kind of crumble and just like soften in my arms. And then we just kind of, we can talk it through or we don't have to because I know boys don't need as much talking as girls do. So sometimes you just need to get out his emotion and now he just wants to feel comfortable in my arms and that's fine. Um, but I want to give one other little example that doesn't really work for that specific thing. But like, let's say he's mad and he's throwing a tantrum and then he starts to try to like beat up Forrest. Okay. 
because he loves to beat a force. So <laughs> we'll be like, we'll stop, we'll yeah. stop him. We'll be like, we're not gonna let you hurt Forrest. Then we'll sit him with us or whatever. And then we usually try to like speak the words that we, the things we want out of him, we speak into him. So I can't, yeah. I can't think of the word of what that's actually called. And we learned that from, I want to say, intentional parenting. Basically, Roland is like he shows us that he is very sweet and he's very helpful and kind. Um, and so we'll be like, we know like you're a kind young man and you want to protect your brother, but we see that you're having a hard time with that right now. So we're going to keep you from hurting him, but we know that you are a loving young man and that you don't want to hurt your brother. And so we're going to help you with that. And that's yeah. just basically the gist of it. I think that's the gist of it, of what we do. Yeah. So at least at his age. Is the word that you were thinking of mirroring? No, not mirroring. Oh, we do do mirroring no? too. Okay. No, there's a specific word uh, that's like, it's a biblical, it's like a biblical type term where it's like basically speaking okay. the words of who you want your children to be into them. Okay. Like a, I'm almost interested. like a legacy type thing. So like, let's say, um, like, let's say you think your kid shows traits of being, like, very strong and, like, being, like, a good leader. And they're, like, three. I know that's, like, weird. But you could be, like, like we know you're such a strong leader and you're very strong and thoughtful. And but basically just, like, instead yeah. of being, like, you're mean, you're being bad and, like, putting bad words into them and making them think they're bad. Yeah. We put the words that we want to see out of them into them. And instead of, yeah. and so we're like, we see like you're feeling angry and that's okay, but we know this to be true about you, that you're kind and you're sweet and you want to protect him. And so we're going to help you do that instead, basically. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like a psychology thing, honestly, too. Like, yeah. speaking <laughs> like a reverse psychology yeah. kind of deal. We also do mirroring sometimes. We don't have to do mirroring a ton at this point, but... Um, we have before, like if he's very worked up with like crying, we'll do like visible deep breaths, like calming breaths yeah. so that he can start to mirror the like <sighs> kind of thing, like very right. over-exaggerated, but that way that he starts to do that to calm down. So we haven't had to do that yeah. a ton. That is a really good technique as well. Yeah. So what do you do yeah. or what do you want to add so, to that? Yeah. Well, yeah, and I can relate with all, everything that you said for tantrums uh, at the age that your children are at. Like, that's something that we really tried to, you know, like saying, oh, well, instead of being like, you're naughty, being like, okay, you're just a strong, like, you're going to be a great leader, you know? And um, things like that, like that we did with Eric, and I remember doing them. And now that my kids are a little older, things have changed because it really, it's, it's different for every kid and it's all situational and it's all, you know, so the way that I deal with Angela and the way that I deal with Tyler, again, it's all situational and it's all dependent on the child as well. So I do like, I feel like I want to talk about this, but I don't at the same time because I, I want to be that parent that's like, I really leave room for everyone's feelings and I want to be positive and I want to, you know, but the, the things that I like, especially with Eric, he's a very, um, his personality 
and at the age that he's at when he has a tantrum there's things that I have to go through like almost on the daily where I'm like okay I breathe I pray and then I basically tell him listen I'm here if you want to hug I'm here if you want to communicate, but you're not going to hit us and you're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. Or you're going to sit out in your timeout chair. And it does turn into discipline at some point. And when they were younger, you know, you would never discipline for a tantrum, but because it's their feelings and it's something that you're like, okay, here, I'm here. And then you just kind of walk away if you need to walk away. Yeah. But with Eric, it becomes bigger. You know, it starts becoming he tries to break a piece of furniture then he hits hits one of his siblings and i'm like okay listen you're not getting a um you're not getting a timeout for your feelings you're getting a timeout for what you do with those feelings yep. when you have yep. them and so there's a there's a balance and there's a need for control dependent on your age and and you know and like you said you can't hit us you know you have to and so when they get older and that need it kind of evolves. It's like, okay, you can't hit your brother or sister when you're mad. You need to be able to control those feelings and communicate those feelings in a different way. And so recently, I want to say in like the last year, it's just, we do discipline for tantrums (laughs) because he's old enough to know, okay, I'm here. I'm here for a hug. And you kind of just communicate that. And it's actually really, really hard for me to stay calm during a tantrum as well because he again like I said it becomes big you know um he's he's seven now so it becomes this big thing and so we're still working on that I mean we like I have a seven-year-old and I'm still working on this whole tantrum thing or feeling thing like being a parent is hard and and it's constantly evolving and you're constantly reevaluating what you're doing as a parent and like I said towards every child it's so different like Tyler's four right now and the things that he does he thinks that he can manipulate the situation by like throwing himself down and hitting his himself and it becomes big And so I just kind of look at him. I say, listen, and like I do with Eric, listen, I'm here. I'll give you a hug. I know your feelings are valid, but you will not hit yourself. Yes, yes. (laughs) And I won't be here for that. And I'm going to walk away now. And that stops him in his track because for him, what he wants is just my love. And so then he'll he'll go, okay, I'm going to talk to you now, mom, because I don't want you to walk away. So um, I had a friend tell me that she had a tantrum room where she kind of just sent the kids to a tantrum room and I feel like okay that's great I think moms are kind of always figuring out works what works for their kids for their yes. kids yes. and and for each child it's different like with Angela I do that like I go okay Angela I'm here but I'm not gonna have you you know just crying at me and and doing all that yeah. so you can sit over here in your room yeah. until you're ready to come out and that works for her so yeah and I, I think yeah no, I'm just ahead. gonna say I think that it you're it's good that you're sharing that because I think like me sharing what we do isn't gonna work for the neighbors do you know what I mean and and isn't gonna necessarily yeah. work for you or it's going to be different per child because I've only had to deal with one child's tantrums at this point um, I'm sure I can do like an update in two years or something, you know, but 
It's yeah. just you find out what works for each child. And especially like like me, Roland's not throwing a tantrum for me by any means. He's throwing a tantrum because he's angry at the toys kind of thing. Yeah. But if he were throwing a tantrum for me, like this is how I'm going to get your attention, it would be handled totally different, you know? And so I think you just yeah. like know your child and you know kind of you learn what their motives are as they grow up and what and you can also change things. That's the cool thing too is like kids give us so much grace and as they grow and change, we get to grow and change and change what we do with them too. So it's like just what works yeah. this month might not work in 6 months as they grow up a little bit and change and things that they struggle with are different for different reasons and things like mm-hmm. that. And then I agree that it does get to a point where it's like not, it gets to a point where it's not acceptable to be like, okay, you can stomp your feet. I wouldn't tell a 10 year old that, like I said before, because at that point when they're old enough to start expressing by like having like real, like logical conversations with you afterwards and stuff more so not necessarily totally logical. It's not like they're like 30, but But when you can be like, hey, like (laughs) you're it's like I said, it's our job to train them how to handle it. So that evolves as they evolve as people, because it can't always, you know, you have to be able to be like, oh, when you're in Walmart and you get mad, stomp your feet. You know what I mean? No, like then that's no longer acceptable. You're 10 years old. You have better understanding of anger and your anger and what triggers your anger we should be working together like parent and child to figure out age appropriate ways to express and handle those emotions. So I think that's a a good point for the ages. Yeah, exactly. And with angry tantrums, which my oldest has a lot of, it's easier when we're out of the moment to communicate. Oh, yep. Yeah. So as long as, you know, we get through the tantrum where it's like, it usually ends in discipline where it's like, okay, well now you went out, you that's a little out of control so now we're gonna have to discipline for this um and then once he's calm again that's when I try to talk to him because usually it's something bigger than what I thought and so once everyone's calm we can be like okay cool like what what's making you angry how can I help you and um how can we change so that this doesn't happen again So communicating with your kids is so important because I could just discipline him and then walk away and then be like, okay, leave me alone, (laughs) you know, but if, you know, and that's, that's something that, you know, my parents have done, you know, to me where it's like, okay, now that we've controlled the action, good. Now we're good, you know? And so it is about getting to know your kids and communicating with them and knowing why they feel the way that they feel. And you're really going to appreciate all the time that you put into your kids now when they're teenagers, you know, I'm going to know my kid when he's a teenager, you know, (laughs) or I'm going to do my darndest to know him, um, for when he has even bigger feelings and we're going to be a safe place for him, um, for those. So, yeah, I love that. I think that's the the goal for sure. And I have tantrums still too. I, I thought it was so funny when you mentioned that because I definitely, I have, a lot of anger that I'm still dealing with and a lot of feelings that I still deal with even as an adult. And so to see my child kind of react, it's not foreign to me, you know? And so, yeah, giving them the same room and courtesy that you kind of expect for yourself is, is really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's also uh, pretty fun too, when you start to see your children act out in the way that you act out and you're like, 
Hmm, that <laughs> yeah. looks familiar. Maybe I need to change that. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but I always thought that I was really good at controlling my emotions and like really like, I don't know, the intellectual is the wrong word. But once you have kids, like all your worst stuff comes out, you know, yeah. and you're like, man, I have. I have more work to do. I thought I was good. No, it's so true. I think that's the cool, like one of the coolest parts about being a parent is you, I've never grown so much in my life than I have since I've had children. And so it's just like kind of cool to be like, you know, growing your, like constantly growing and evolving who you are as a person too, as a parent and a person while you get to um, help raise your children. I just think that's really, really cool. Yeah. And just like, yeah, I don't go through a day without praying. And maybe that's why God gives me the children that he gives me. Right. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's like without God's strength and the prayer that I, um, the strength that I get from prayer and all that, like I just wouldn't, I wouldn't get through a day. I would be gone. I would be like, okay, cool. You guys, peace. I know. Well, I (laughs) feel like a lot of the time Um, I have to pray and be like, help me to do the right thing. And if that means run out the door, (laughs) tell help me to do it. Yeah. You know? And I think also too, like like just to bring in the spouse very fast is being able, when you're not handling a situation well, being okay to like literally run out the door and tell your partner like you got to do it you know what I mean like you have to go handle this because I can't because we had something like that this weekend where Roland was acting out because of who knows what and then he started to try to beat up Forrest and Luke what got like mad and so Luke left the room and I went in and I just helped fix the situation like redirected him and and Roland was acting out because of sharing so much attention and getting lots of no's. I know that's a weird way to say that, but we try to not say yeah. no, 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 24-7. Otherwise, he's like, well, I can't do anything I want ever, you know? So I went yeah. in there and I spent some good, like, 10 minutes of one-on-one, full attention, just him and I, um, to pour back into him a little, and then he acted much better. Luke was able to be like, thank you for going in. I just wanted to, I wanted to handle the situation right, and I didn't feel like I could at that time. He said he put himself in a timeout, which I thought was a funny way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, and that's so good. Like, sometimes I'm mad at my spouse for, like, not being on the same page with me sometimes. Like, sometimes I'm in a a funny mood. Like, I want to joke around, and he's just not there. And, like, I'm like, man, why can't we just ever be on the same page? But it's so helpful in our parenting because when I'm mad, I'm like, okay, I've reached my limit. I'm walking away. Um, he's, he's like, okay, I have lots of energy for that. (laughs) And he jumps in. And so it is super helpful when there's two balancing each other out and yeah, filling in. So, so that is a good point. And I just wanted to, to end with that point of like, when we see a mom, like I always see those memes Um, with Katniss Everdeen putting up her three fingers and like we're in unison as mothers and I I just feel like that's something that we should definitely be doing I mean maybe not the three finger thing but um when we see a mom going through a hard time at the store um 
you know, just having a bad day, we need to be there in unison with her instead of judging, you know, you never know what kind of day they're going through. Yeah. But when a tantrum is done, let it be done. So I have worked really hard on that, just being a mom and like not letting the bad morning reflect on the whole day. You need to be able to work on like bouncing back and having a a good rest of the day. It took me some time because sometimes that bad morning would just put me in this gloomy mood for the rest of the day. And my children felt that and it and it became a worse day. That's something that I wanted to mention. It's just like if, if you haven't worked on that already, then that's something that will turn your parenting life around. Oh, for sure. A bad morning or a bad moment doesn't mean a bad day by any means. Exactly. And if you need to basically do like a redo where you tell your kids, hey, we're restarting the morning. We got off to a bad start. We're, it's morning again. We're starting again. And all that's in the past now. That's usually when I have to pray and just kind of give myself a... a reset hit the reset button and try again yeah yeah Yeah. well and we were just reading alexander and the terrible horrible no good very bad day day. i don't know yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a great little book my kids love it but we just read it it's been months since we've read it and we i just read it to tyler the other day and he he kind of laughed at the end and i was like what haven't you had one of those days well my tyler just broke his leg so he's in a cast and so i asked him the day that you broke your leg, wasn't that one of your terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days? And he's like, no, there were sad parts and there were good parts. And I was like, oh my gosh, even my four-year-old understands this, you know? So yep, the the wisdom of our And he doesn't want to move to Australia, right? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, that's all I had. (laughs) Well, I hope this has been helpful to you all and that it was relatable (laughs) and just that it makes you feel seen and understood. We hope you have a good day, no tantrums. And if you do have a tantrum, remember you can always hit the reset button and start again. So we love you guys. Thanks for listening and we will talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can contact us at momsoutloudpodcast at gmail.com with questions, topic ideas, and collaboration. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Moms Out Loud. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.